Hi, welcome to the Mama Advocate Podcast. This is a safe place for adoptive and special needs mamas to feel less alone and find community amidst their unconventional journeys. Here, you're going to find authentic conversations for me and my guest who are parenting fully in the weeds with you. Our goal is to empower and encourage you to be the best mama you can be as you advocate for your people. Hey guys, I'm beyond thrilled to have Markeisha here with us today. She is going to teach us all about inclusivity in the classroom and the needs for it and how we can make that a thing that actually happens by putting it in our IEPs. So Markeisha, can you kind of give us a little bit of background on all of your expertise? (laughs) Yes, thank you so much for having me also. Um, I'm Markeisha Hall. I'm a parent empowerment partner, um, IEP coach, and certified autism travel professional. I have four kiddos. Um, 18, 15, 12, and my youngest is six. I know that's a big gap. We adopted in 2018. Um, and during that process, he was diagnosed with autism. So my background is special education and my now mama of a autistic son um, gives me a, a lens that uh, I, I just didn't have before. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that's, that's just my background. Um, I love momming, mommying and parenting and anything that will support parents enjoying that journey because it goes so fast. I told you I have an 18 year old and let me tell you, it's, it's just a blink of a blink of an eye, right? Um, It goes so fast. So I want, you know, parents out there just to enjoy the journey more. And I know that raising a child with a disability brings on extra stressors and it's not the stress of the child it's just the stress of the systems that you have to know to get them the support that they need to um just access their community access their education so i think that was a little mouth a mouthful well that's perfect <laughs> i did i we need to also circle back around to the traveling situation at some point in time because that's <laughs> so huge um okay so Let's chat about IEPs, your desire for inclusion in the classroom, um, and a little bit about me. I did not tell you this a second ago, but when we first went into the I, our first IEPs with our little people, I had no idea, like they were pushing for inclusion. One moment. It's okay. Hey, can you go put Luke in the closet, please? I have a little one in here who's not obeying the babysitter. So he's stuck in here with me. He's making noises and then the dog's making noises. I completely understand. And you probably will have that happen. Ha- I'll probably have that happen sooner than later. Those, if you see me peeking over like that, that's the door and I'm doing this under my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're good. And one speaker of you. So if I'm speaking, you feel free to do whatever you want to do. Okay. <laughs> you can go back out there. Just leave that on. No, nope, leave it on. It's helping you calm down. I have a weighted vest on him. We're struggling. Okay, we're free. Okay. <laughs> so when we were first going in to our IEPs with our little people, we call them ARDS here. Um, I was under the impression, and this is later kind of come back around, and I'm so curious about what you think, but I was thinking there's no way they can cut it in a real classroom. They are so disruptive in everything that they do, <laughs> and they hurt other people, and they you know, all of, all of these lovely things that are just really traumatic for us. And I'm like, I can't sit down and teach them. I don't know how a teacher teaching 20 children would be able to sit down and work with them, calm them down, figure out their needs and teach other children. Right. And so I was really leery about inclusion and they, 
put the kids in there and then some of them they've had to pull out. Right. Um, so that's kind of our background, but I would love to know your desire. I have a question following up with that later. And I would love to know your desire for inclusion in the classroom. Well, I um, did teach uh, high needs, what they used to call mod severe uh, classroom. And so I had those students that had those um, dis dis disruptive um, self-injurious and injuring to other behaviors. Um, however, I never had an incident with myself because I just believed in um, building relationships with them. And I feel like um, just from what I've experienced myself, and I know that there's uh, different cases that um, modeling from other students is how you're gonna learn to be um, in the community. So I feel like if they are um, not included in a classroom where they can see other kids being modeled or being able to adjust the behavior, so you know, like what's setting them off to behave that just being disruptive in the class or things like that, then we as uh, parents and educators aren't giving them the opportunity to um, change that. If we put them in an environment where it's always um, controlled, then we don't know what the triggers are gonna be outside of the classroom. And there will be triggers, right? You, when you go to Target, you do, you're not in control of all those situations. When you go to the park, you're not it. All the kids don't understand that your child um, doesn't understand like not to bite or hit or things. So you're gonna have to see how that, what that looks like so that you can start to address it early so that they can um, live independent, have independent living, further education and, fu and future employment. Those, that's my basis for it. Now there's always outliers of that, but I still in my heart feel like there should be a, a version of that because once they graduate school, they're gonna be in our communities. And yeah. so we have to see what kind of supports they need to be in the community. They won't be in school forever. So I want to know how to create IEP goals. I'm sorry, I'm kind of switching things up here, but I want to know how to create IEP goals to set them up for success in the classroom. Because um, I would love to, <laughs> I would love to think that like right now I'm like, oh, it's probably the teacher's fault, which is not really a great, but like in the classroom, I would love for other SPED teachers to be able to go in and figure out what supports they need. Right. How do I get that written in an IP, IEP goal? Well, what I love to focus on is um, accommodations and modifications. Okay. And, and to backtrack a little bit, if there is a behavior, then there should be a behavior support plan in place for the students. And what I find is that a lot of parents aren't familiar with having one of those. Um, Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? FBA, requ um, request to FBA if there's a behavior um, and that goes into the IEP and they and what it does is just say, say that uh, behavior is biting. I use that a lot because I taught early childhood and not just um, kids with disabilities at that age bite, but <laughs> little ones bite sometimes <laughs> right? and they're not happy. They don't wanna share their toys. So um, biting is a big deal though because you don't want your other kid, you don't want biting to happen in classroom. So we would see like why they, someone would come and observe them and see like what's happening before they bite. Like, what are we gonna do when they, when they do bite, what are we gonna provide them with? Is it a sensory diet? 
are they hungry? And I just say that because a lot of my students were non-speaking. So it, that could have been it. We don't know, but we just start to observe, take data, I'm big on data, and then adjust a program. Be like, oh, okay, we did figure out for one of our students that he was hungry. He ate breakfast before he came, but they got on the bus. He was on the bus for a little while because he was the first pickup. And um, oh, I'm just remembering his little face. So when we figured this out, we were just like, oh, right. He had come to school and just be biting, trying to bite the other kids. And just, we were like this, we started observing. We started looking at what his schedule looks like. We're like, oh, we figured out like he's on the bus the longest amount of time. He maybe just needs a snack. So as soon as he got off the bus, um, after we collected data, we, first thing we do, come in, he had his uh, snack set up at the table, no biting, no just being upset. We added to take him out on a walk because then we figured like he's got to get his energy out because he's been on that bus strapped in, you know, for all that time. Snack, a little time on the play, a little um, stint around the playground, came back in. And that was just from, you know, like looking at his day and saying like, what could it be? And how can we support him so that he's ready to be in the classroom to learn? And that was through a, a FBA. And then he had a behavior support plan put into place that addressed that behavior specifically. So I don't know if that answered your question. I want to cry. No, I'm just. Yeah, that's one of the things that need to, you know, that could be addressed to get them in the classroom. Also, when it's inclusion, um, you can't just throw a kid in, you know, in there. You can't yeah. just be like, oh, now we're inclusive without a plan for that child. Maybe they do have um, high sensory needs or, you know, the lighting, it's different. The lighting that I had in my high needs classroom was different because we would put those little, um, I don't want to say curtains. I can't think it was just to make the fluorescent lights, like not like, because mm -hmm. that was aggravating to a lot of our, our students. Um, we had a lot of um, sensory setups in our classroom to address those needs and in a general education classroom you don't necessarily have those things set up but if you're going to really want to include a student that has disabilities in there you're going to have to have some of those things set up ahead of time or you're setting that child up to fail they're used to those types of things they are seeking those types of things in the classroom and if it's not um if the classroom's not prepared for that then they are going to still seek it because they still need it right? And then they're going to show those behaviors that make parents and teachers be like, uh, this is not going to work. And another thing that, another mistake that I made also as a teacher, I'm not just saying like, oh, look at me, look what I learned. I learned this. Hitting <laughs> be like, okay, the kids need to be included. Let me find a general education teacher that's going to help me put them in the classroom. Messed up their circle time, just a mess. I was like, hmm, this didn't work out too good. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe we'll just do five minutes. Maybe he needs to get a social story before and say, hey, this is the class where we're going to. Maybe we need to buddy him up with somebody. They could start playing on the playground together, you know, so they could see them, you know, because that's just like dropping someone off in a situation that they don't know and expecting them to be like, oh, yay, I'm included in the classroom. No, they're probably like, I don't know these people. I don't know this classroom. There's a lot more of them than in, you know, we had eight to 10 students in our classroom. You go into a general education setting, there's 20 to 30, who knows how many students, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. we get to set up the environment for them to succeed. 
And that might just be five minutes a day. That might just be look like a video first of how they're going to get acclimated to that thing. Introducing, like I said, to a buddy that's going to be like, okay, well, you're going to sit next to um, Tommy. This is Tommy. You're going to sit next to him. We're going to go in the classroom. We're going to sit next to him. You guys are going to, and just expecting a small exchange, maybe even just walking into the classroom would be a big deal. And then walking back to your classroom. The next time we're going to sit next to Tommy. Okay, great. You did great, you know. And the next time we're going to do a small activity that's catered to what that child's strength is, because they're not going might may not be able to do the stuff that general education classroom is. And we're really just trying to not get those needs met. We're just really trying to get the inclusion piece of it, practicing how to um, be a friend and be a classmate in those things, and not necessarily focused on the task. So. Um, I, I just love the ideas of just backwards chaining it and just seeing like yes. what are the basic needs of it and starting from there. <laughs> I'm like over here taking vicious notes on how we're, what we're going to do to our behavior plans for our children. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, they do go to, they go to specials with their homeroom class. Yeah. And so I love that. I love that they get to be around other kids in there. Yeah. yeah. So that's good to think about it of like, okay, that is, inclusion is a great thing for them and if they can't sit in there and focus on their work because somebody's helping them kind of get through it then that's an okay thing yeah, yeah I it's just practicing love that perspective we got practice uh, okay well what are some other this leads me to another lovely question what are some other things that you could request in their um like homeroom classroom or their regular classroom to create a better environment for them? Just, um, I'm all about data. So it depends on what the child's um, needs are and what the parents have set out for their goals in their parent vision statement. And I hope that all parents have a parent vision statement out there and it's not just the one sentence that is just focused on, I made this mistake as a teacher also. I was like, we're doing into your IEP what are your goals for him for this school year? But it's not just the school year, it's your parent vision, like thinking big way out there. Yeah. What is it that you think that they, um, that you want them to, or want to help them accomplish based off of your parenting them? Like what are their, where are their skill sets? What do they like? And so we're looking at that and then we're backwards chaining it um, to seeing like, okay, well, I want him to play basketball. My son likes, uh, actually he likes soccer. That's a whole nother story. Um, so let's say soccer, we want him to be able to um, go to high school and be on the soccer team because he really likes soccer. How would we get those types of things um, together when he's not jumping? He's not able to walk up a, you know, two steps. He's not coordinated those things. Okay, well, maybe he needs a physical therapy um, evaluation so that we can start the process of at least getting him to walk, you know, walk upstairs, jumping, running coordinated now running into stuff because he doesn't get those skills and he's never going to be able to play soccer in high school so it's like thinking of those types of things and then finding what assessment do they need to back up that uh, desire for our child so that we can get it the data that says yeah he does need physical therapy because he's not he is running we don't want him running into the walls at school that's not safe we don't want him to be able to, you know, there's stairs as we want him to be able to navigate the playground at school 
And that's how we tie our future goals of you know, like soccer. I want my, I want to be like, yay, I want to be the uh, soccer team mom into a goal that works at school because they have to be able to navigate their um, environment at school. And so we, lots of parents always think it's only academic, but it's the whole school day. It's being able to socialize at lunch with, with peers. And it's about navigating the playground or getting to the library or those types of transitions. Um, that is a part of the school day. So it's the whole school day. And what I like to focus on too is accommodations and modifications because a lot of people are, it's like the secret sauce. <laughs> Tell me your favorite ones that we need to be on the lookout for. Ooh. And I need you to know a second ago when I was chuckling about running into the wall, I was simply chuckling because I have two of those myself that right. yeah, the wall right there. <laughs> like he is a, like literally. Yeah. Really had to work on that. Like he really had to work on this stuff I'm saying is from a lot of it from school base, but then I've had my son now since he was two and a half, he's almost um, seven in October. So these are real life things. Like we would bump into the same walls at home, the same stairs that you walk up every day, but it was his, and I always say this wrong, right? This word, right? Pro, proceptive. It's another term. I don't know. Pro, anyhow. You need to work on it. <laughs> he had to work on it and we had to put it in a goal because that wasn't, that's not safe for him. Um, so I know what those things look like backwards, um, backwards chaining those types of tasks and things like that. So my mm, favorite accommodation is, I like the accommodations and modifications because it follows them throughout the school day. It's not just, um, everybody's responsible for, for an accommodation and modification. So it could look like, um, like we said, the task, if they were going into the inclusion classroom. It could be a modified assignment, um, more time on an assignment. Um, I like to, um, I don't like to be like, oh, he has a different assignment. So we want it to look, you know, so maybe everyone gets a worksheet and you're be like, oh, you don't get a worksheet because you have a special assignment. No, that could be look like you get a worksheet too, but we've already modified that to only have three questions on it. Mm -hmm. that you're still getting the same papers or the same materials or um, things like that because that's not fun to be you know called out like that or you get to sit in the back of the classroom and work um with the birdie group or whatever um so I like those types of things that aren't having them stick out that they're there and they're getting their needs met but they're also socially being able to um get their get their needs met also my son also uses um I'm on it right now propping up my computer, but a slant board, um, which helps him with his writing uh, yeah. because his little hands are a little bit weaker. Um, I mean, there's so many, there's, there's so many. It, it can be an adjusted time for testing, assessments, um, having a buddy, uh, a, you know, having a buddy assigned to them for recess and playtime is, I, I I like them having buddies because, you know, that's, that's the fun part of school. Do we have uh, older buddies or do we sign same age buddies? I, to me, it is it, whoever can, in our, in our class, um, my classroom, my classroom, we had older buddies that could work with like two mm -hmm. at the same time. So they could have a peer buddy and then like an older one that could be like, okay, we're going to kind of be working on that. It's up to the school. Me, I don't 
I just want somebody to be able to, you know, help them navigate whatever situation that they're trying to navigate and be able to model that for them. Um, I've just, I'm trying to think of some other ones that are be, I have a ton. You know what I'm going to do is um, put some together in a nice, pretty Canva document. Please do. That would be so great of just different ideas for, I think as a, yeah, as a mama who has no like sped experience, I'm like, I don't know what to ask. I didn't know that was available. I didn't know we could do that. Consultations, uh-huh. uh, trainings for teachers, um, parent trainings can go in there, which is really big because say your child uses an AAC device, but what's the purpose if nobody knows how to help them use it? Even you as a, even as a parent, like I wouldn't know how to use those types of things if I was in the special education classroom. So everybody that is in, um, around that student needs to be trained on how to do that. That's how they communicate. So if they go to lunch and the lunch lady doesn't know how to use the AAC device, then that's basically doing their, you know, to the child all day. We don't want that. So you could put trainings in there. Consultations um, can go in there. Teacher trainings, like my my son's teacher um, last year didn't even know that he had IEP initially until I gave her the copy of it which I always do regardless, even if they do know EIP, I want to make sure you have the fresh one that we're working on the same document because sometimes they get an old one. And she needed to have some training on how, what that looks like in the classroom since he did, he does have, um, he is verbal, but we're still working on some things, but he definitely belongs to be in that classroom. And we needed to make those accommodations happen. And she's not a special education teacher. So it wasn't saying like, you're a terrible teacher because of course we're pro, pro teachers. Yes. Uh, my husband, both of our teachers, my sister is, um, but that doesn't mean as teachers that we can't adjust and listen to what the parents say and change, you know, change some things up. So we, I asked for the training for anybody that was gonna be in contact with him so they can be um, familiar with, what kind of supports he needs um, throughout his school day. So you can put that in there too. There's lots of, there's lots of juicy stuff that you, lots of creative. They have to agree to, like, I would love for all the people that are going to come in contact with my children to have some sort of trauma slash FASD support training. And I, I've requested with the school once upon a time, even lined up a speaker, a lady that was going to go talk about trauma um, with them. And she was like, well, we don't have time for that this year. And so I'm like, well, if it's in the IP, then we have to do that. So I'm going to, yeah, but it was very like, I'm trying to, you may think that our kids are the only ones that have right use out of the whole school, which is very unlikely, but they're the ones that are presenting it the most and the ones where the mom has knowledge that they have it. Um, and so it felt like our our issue was just kind of like a hey you're just the side thing we can't waste our teacher's time all these other things going on to learn about this but you're saying yes yeah. that yeah. is like we can right definitely because how if they are and I you know since my son was is an adoptee too I know about what you're talking like trauma informed you really, it's really about the language that you're using and how to put it in there. And it's just tricky, just like insurance and 
all those codes that you don't, you know, that you don't know about because unless you're in it. And so mm -hmm. that's how I know like the special education codes and terms and how to link it to data and how to link it to um, maybe their, um, the district goals, especially this year because the country went through trauma. We're going to be having a very interesting school year. So there's actual different funding that I just went on um, disability right, disabilityrights.org and there's funding for those things in particular that are the funds that are supposed to be used specifically for um, kids that have disabilities. And that's extra tutoring. There's a whole list of things, um, disabilityrights.org. Um, so there's funding for um, those types of things, but it should just be, that's what the child needs. That's what their diagnosis is. And if you aren't trained in it, I don't know, you know, it's always baffles me that um, they were like, no, we don't want to be trained, but they're exhibiting these behaviors and you don't know how to handle it because you're not trained in it. So let's get the training, it right? Are. Yeah, yeah. But I know what you mean. I know we, there is, kickback because a lot of um, the way that we're trying to, as a master IEP coach, try to educate parents is different than what um, a lot of districts are used to. Even when I was doing them as a teacher, I would be like, oh, like I was telling you earlier, I was like, I wrote that stupid goal. Like that is not, <laughs> I did that before because that's how I was trained. And I would love to say, and I believe like a lot of my students say, I loved my students even before I had my son. I just loved, I just love kids. I just love kids, period. That's why I got into teaching. And that's why a lot of teachers do get into teaching because it's not for the, the fame and the money, as we know. Um, so just exposing them in, to different types of ways to support your child is things that I just didn't know when I was teaching until I started talking to the parents, until they're like, I don't care about them knowing their colors. I can't get them in their car seat. Like they're screaming, the, you know, the behave, some of the behaviors. We can't go to Target. We can't go to our local park because he's a runner. These are things that are, you know what I'm saying? So these are things that can be, we can't say, well, kid will go to the park, but there is a playground at the school that they be able to navigate. And we could turn that parent's real life every day. And how can we apply that at school? Because they're there a lot. And how can those things be worked on at school so then they can be generalized because that is the purpose of the IEP. It's not just so they could shine in that grade. <laughs> like, okay, well, they could do it in first grade. They're gonna go to second grade. It's gonna be a different classroom, different teachers and things like that. They have to be able to generalize the everything in that IEP. It has to be applicable <laughs> to our everyday lives. So when the parents told me that, I was like, yeah, he knows his ABCs. You know. Look what I did, you know, kind of thing. Honestly, I'm just being honest. Like, because you feel proud as a teacher too, to say like, I got my students from point A to point B. That's what our job is to teach them these things. But as a parent, when the parents are like, well, that's great, but I've never heard him say his ABCs. I'm like, what? He's like singing it all the time here. It made me start to think like, well, that's really for me. If the parent can't, enjoy those moments you know we enjoy those moments when our kid um, makes progress towards things but if they're not enjoying it then and they're not seeing it then where where's the disconnect and how can we make that connection because it's really about the family 
and really about that child's future. Um, because once the child left my grade, I had a new set of students to focus on, but that family is still at the, can't go to the park, right? Something that's simple that we pay tax dollars for a lot of, a lot of parents, everybody goes to the park. Well, I shouldn't say everybody, but you know, I'm trying to say, it's like something that you can access, but they can't access their community, but they could in my classroom. I had to think about that. And it changed, talking to parents changed the way that I um, did my IEPs. And a lot of teachers just don't know. Um, so it's up to us as the parents to say, hey, let's work together. This is what we're going through at home. This is how this goal is not effective at home because we can't, you know, it's not ap ap applicable. Let's make some things that are more applicable that's going to help him and help them think about their their future too because we're always thinking about like our only our grade yeah i go on tangents stop me whenever well, no, you're good well i'm i'm like i feel like i need to brag on our our sped teacher that i adore so much she is amazing and anytime we have any problems here at home i shoot her a text and say like hey this is the behavior we're seeing here and it's scary or awful or whatever's the whatever's going on at home like, what can you help me with? And she's always so great about like creating a story or awesome. creating resources around that and talking to him about the situation. And she's like, I never see that here. What's going on? Like, what are you? So right. she's amazing. Amazing with that. Um, well, I'm so grateful for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank I you. Really, you just take so many notes and I can't <laughs> wait to draw up a lot of things. Well, I'm looking forward to chatting another time and I'm going to get together that accommodation and modification page for, for you guys too. You're amazing. Thank <laughs> you so much. You're welcome.